traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, All right, sorry. I got uh, stuck in an elevator. (laughs) No kidding. I mean, um, quite frankly, I'm always almost a little bit late. But, uh, yeah, stuck in an elevator. Not for long, for about two and a half minutes. And then a huge line to get a normal working elevator. Uh, Yikes. Uh, What's going on? And It's been happening, actually, in other office buildings, I noticed. The elevators seem to be screwed up. Is that a thing now? Anyway, I was watching the Tucker Carlson show last night. Yes, competing network, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in Fox News, too often it's fake news. But man, oh man, oh man, what an interview. Donald Trump, a tour of the world with Donald Trump. Everybody should watch this. One hour long. And it will dispel, dispel any fake news notions that Donald Trump is uh, a crazy person or not smart or all the horrible fake lies they tell about him all the time. It's it's incredible, actually. It's it's amazing to listen to his grasp on foreign affairs at a ultra high level. Now, Biden, Tony Blinken, they don't understand the world the way Donald Trump does. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, let's see. You kind of have to watch the whole thing to get that takeaway. It's not like listen to the soundbite. It's going to blow you away. But overall, that's your takeaway. This man understands the world like few do. Uh, at the very, very highest level, and he has a vision for America, for the world. Uh, incredibly smart, and just some great stuff. I was, look, I'm a big fan. You know that. I like, I like the substance. I like the style. I like the policies. And I actually kind of knew this about him, but to see it on display for everybody uh, was pretty cool. All right, let's go through a couple of these. Cut one. This is Donald Trump on Tucker last night. Cut one. Everybody knows. That was their plan. That had nothing to do with me. I was getting out, too. We would have gotten out with strength and dignity. And what happened? They got out. And the other day I hear, yeah, it was uh, Trump's fault. Oh, that's right. It was Trump. Trump. I was gone for a long I would have been out faster than them. We would have had all the equipment. We would have had the American citizens. We left hostages. We left Americans behind. Many. I think many more than you think. Uh, And we had 13 soldiers killed. And nobody ever mentions the fact that we had many maimed so badly. No arms, no legs. Their face was obliterated. This is the way this guy got out. We would have gotten out with dignity and strength. We were going to. All right. Now, some of that I know you've heard before, but he also talked about nuclear warming. You've heard of global warming. You know what he's afraid of? Nuclear warming. And he had this whole uh, explanation why you don't on the world stage talk about nuclear. He called nuclear the N-word. It's the other N-word. You don't say it. And it was fascinating to hear him go into the detail about why you don't say it. And when you're president and Donald (laughs) Joe Biden was actually saying nuclear too much, 
and the way that he handled it. And there was a there's there's a method to the madness, the so-called madness. You've heard of the madman theory, by the way. You want your enemy a little bit uh, unsure of what you'll do. Um, it's it was on display last night. This this nuance, this sophistication. Um, oh, you all right? Let me hear cut six first, please. Cut six. I got along great with him. And because of that, it started rough, remember, with, you know, Rocket Man, Little Rocket Man? And he said, I have a button on my desk, a red button. I said, I figure, and mine works, yours doesn't. And this went on for a couple of months. And then all of a sudden, the log jam was broken, and he wanted to meet. And we did meet. And we get along great. To this day, we get along great. He won't talk to Biden. He won't even talk to these people. He won't even talk to them. He has no respect for him. He's a man. He'd like, if he respects you, he'll respect you. He wouldn't talk to Obama. Obama tried to get meetings with him. He wouldn't meet with him. He met with me. I met with him twice. I would have had a deal worked out with him. He's got tremendous nuclear capability. It's the single biggest problem. Maybe this show's more important than even I thought it might be because somebody's got to understand what has to happen and they have to de-escalate. All right, here's where he starts going into nuclear, nuclear warming, and the idea. And we used to worry a lot about this in the 1980s, actually. I haven't heard anybody talk about it since. Uh, nuclear terrorism, nuclear, like the idea that you can put a nuclear weapon in a briefcase. There was an amazing book. I read it when I was a kid. Uh, what the hell? Uh, the, the Fifth Horseman by these two guys about uh, a nuclear bomb in a uh, briefcase in New York City and what would happen. And this is very, very feasible uh, nuclear warming. Go ahead and hit me with that, please. One eighth of an inch. And they talk about this is our problem. Our big problem is nuclear warming. I mean, nobody even talks about it. The environmentalists talk about all this nonsense in many cases. Look, I'm an environmentalist also, I guess, in my own way, because I've done a good job with the environment. But nobody talks about nuclear. The problem, the problem we have, the biggest problem we have in the whole world it's not global warming. It's nuclear warming. And all it takes is one madman, and you're going to have a problem the likes of which the world has never seen. And it's only a matter of seconds. You know? Only a matter of seconds. The thing goes off. And think about it. Yeah, global warming, that takes place over decades, centuries. What would happen if a, a bomb a thousand times stronger than Hiroshima or Nagasaki uh, was detonated? What would happen to the Earth then? think we'd have some problems environmentally yeah yeah we really would i've never i've never heard anyone really talk about it in those terms and it was absolutely fascinating and then he goes on and on about president xi and he gives his assessment about how how smart president xi is and how he was not at all given to small talk they don't want to talk about culture knew nothing about it uh the thing with the chocolate cake it was uh it was and the interpreter and then he said you know this guy is a top I think he called them top of the line when it comes to intelligence. Top of the line. President Xi is top of the line and just made for the role. He's very, very good. And then you think about Joe Biden. Is he top of the line anything? Is he top of the line anything? No. He's just a guy who got lucky at the age of 29 getting elected United States Senator from Delaware. And we've been through this, and I actually was curious because I know that there are counties that are bigger than – there are counties in New York that are bigger than Delaware. Suffolk County is bigger than Delaware, geographically. Suffolk, And even in terms of population, there are like 15 counties in California that are bigger than Delaware. 
And this guy who has no skill, no game, nothing, and no capacity for strategic thought. You know what you saw last night? You saw a, a strategist, a master strategist in, in um, Donald Trump. And I was just so impressed. I really was. And if you're afraid of him, if you think, if you're horrified by him, there are a couple of speeches you need to watch um, and a couple of events. Number one, I think you got to watch the July 4th, 2020 Mount Rushmore address. Okay? you got to watch that. And then you've got to watch the uh, that interview. You have to watch that. And I think those are the two. Those are, those are must, must experience. You must watch those. And you tell your Trump-hating friends to look at those. Tell them to check them out um, because they're very hard to argue with. It's very pro-American, American, a country. Imagine that. Hey, did you see uh, he gave his assessment of Biden? You know, he's lost. He gave his assessment of Kamala Harris. And then he had to talk about Gavin Newsom. And he actually said, you know, I, I got along with Gavin. And there was a time early in COVID where Gavin Newsom and they actually got along. There was this stuff about the firefighters and I'm sorry, the, the, the big wildfires in California. And there was cooperation there. But Gavin Newsom is drunk with power, desperate, so ambitious, will do anything, say anything and talk about pandering. Oh, my goodness. Did you see him? Did you see him with those uh, those children and those silly adults in, a, in literally sitting in a circle singing songs, and he was clapping. He was pretending that he was impressed. You know, it's one thing for little kids to put on a show and for politicians and even adults, you know, parents, whatever, to, you know, like that stuff because it's your kid, right? It's your kid, and you're going to, you know, you're going to clap even though it's it may not be state-of-the-art entertainment. But the funny thing here was he was clapping <laughs> as two adults were singing so lamely they were just so bad and he's clapping and somebody juxtaposed this they put this picture this video up and uh they put it next to desantis speaking at the reagan library okay so they're visiting each other's states desantis had a couple hundred people in front of him uh and he was very impressive the reagan library if you've ever been there it's an amazing spot um and then you had desantis i'm sorry uh Governor Newsom in in Romper Room. It was straight out of Romper Room. Who remembers Romper Room? By the way, came after uh, came on after Sesame Street. Romper Room. I don't I don't remember it as vividly though. Um, you can't say that Donald Trump is in a bubble because he notices everything. He was going off about Al Roker and and Joe Biden. Did you see that the other day? By the way, it is pretty. It's uh, it's pathetic. I. The thing about the eggs and who's laying eggs. Cut 23, please. Cut 23. Are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be uh, rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on. Help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. No. But the eggs. I can catch that about the eggs. Catch that about the eggs. All right. So uh, good stuff there. Good stuff. Good stuff. He's on top of it. He's on top of it, Trump. Is there anything else? Any other good things here? Let's just do one more. Ah, yes. We've gone way too close. You know, we're way too tight with Ukraine right now. We have to give ourselves a way out. What if Putin, what if Putin wins? What Then what is the world going to look like? 
what's going to happen? We have to give ourselves some, uh, there's got to be some space between us and Ukraine. Uh, you know we're running out of ammunition. We're giving it all to Ukraine. Uh, way too much. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. When I see what happens, when I see the level of stupidity, and because of that, it's all a big web. Because of that, I think Putin, who would have never gone into Ukraine when I was there, would have never. I talked to him about it often. Would have never, ever done that. When he saw that I wasn't there and he saw these fools, these stupid people. And think of that, the way they left Afghanistan and nobody was fired. Nobody was fired. That's right. No one was let go. Can you believe that? That kind of screw up. Anyway, I was very, very impressed. You can find it online. Watch all 59 minutes of it. Get around to that speech, the July 4th, 2020 speech, if you can. In the meantime, uh, New York City, did you see the, they got the smoke shop guy? There's the guy who shot the man in the smoke shop, 21 years old. He'd already killed some other guy and had shot at police 31 times. Out on bail. Out on bail. Young man out on bail. Uh, now, they posted bail was $300,000. That sounds like a lot of money. Well, family only had to put up 10% of that. 10%. You know, the bail reform laws mean you don't have to factor in dangerousness, okay? What kind of danger this person poses to society. It's actually illegal for judges to consider that. Have you seen the video? It is. This is one of the most depraved human beings ever created. I'm sorry. How do you do that? You shoot a guy once in the head in a fit of anger. I mean, that's horrible enough. And then nonchalantly, as he's walking out, he shoots him again in the head. The guy's already down. He shoots him again. And then he walks out of the store. And then he, oh, wait, one more thing. I forgot to pickpocket the guy. And he walks back in. And that man was on the loose or actually authorized, released by a judge in the Bronx, by the way, in the Bronx, because uh, why? Well, the judge thought he was a nice boy. The judge thought he could... I don't know. Turn over a new leaf. Even the prosecutors up there in the Bronx were like, huh? Are you kidding? You can't let this happen. But they did this woke craze. You know, somebody asked me, uh, is there going to be a tipping point? Is there going to be a moment where the, the all of society wakes up? Hey, why the hell am I hearing my voice in the background? All right. I'm hearing. Can you can you turn that off? It's, yeah. There's the radio is on in here. All right. All right. Let me, quick break. I'll be right back. I got to find this thing. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So when it comes to our depraved media, somehow, somehow, for some reason, they are more tolerant of crime and violence when it happens in communities of color. It's easier to ignore. It's easier to Maybe even explain away, maybe to make excuses for. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or somehow say that this is a, well, you know, what do you want? We have a white supremacist society. I don't know. I don't know. But this madness about crime um, is going to continue. And someone, I'm looking for that tipping point. When will it change? When will it snap back? It might have to take, and I hate to, it's it's a very weird scenario, but it reminds me of uh, Black Lives Matter summer. And how reporters were explaining away or excusing all of that death and destruction and calling it beautiful, calling it a peaceful protest. Do you remember that? And now when we see these horrific, some of these horrific crime videos, and I think of the one in the, in Harlem, and it's not exactly the biggest news in the world. I, I'm sorry, the depravity that I witnessed is, I mean, it's just heinous. It's the kind of thing that 
should give us nightmares. And but somehow it's just uh, all in a day's work. It's just another thing that pops up on your phone. No big deal. Um, I wonder. Well, a couple of things. The victim here was black. So that has something to do with it, actually. You know, black lives matter, right? Well, not really, according to uh, our society. Black lives only really seem to matter when they're taken by a white cop. Otherwise, it's just no big deal. No big deal. Uh, What will the tipping point be? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I just know this. There would be more of a reaction if the gunman were white. If the gunman in this case had been white and the victim black, I think there would have there would be a radically different conversation happening right now. Black on black, nah, whatever, whatever. It's not uh, not a big deal. Uh, what is it going to take? There has to be there has to be some correction, a cultural correction to this insanity that's going on all around us. It's uh, it really is something to behold, isn't it? All right, so. What the hell? Hey, have you noticed that we have all these documents, all of these precious secrets, these classified documents now <laughs> on some jerk's Twitter account, right? All of our battle plans and all of the secrets that we have on our allies. You know, we spy on our allies. We do that all the time. Uh, but it's embarrassing when it gets published on some kid's Twitter account. And then the New York Times picks it up, and it's everywhere. Our national secrets. We have a major, major security breach. Thousands upon thousands of classified documents are now online. And I notice, again, this is one of those things that, eh, you know, whatever. And you know one of the reasons why it's, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Because we haven't prosecuted a spy, a big-time spy, in a very long time. Think of the last two moments we had like that. Bradley Manning. Remember Bradley Manning became Chelsea Manning? Remember all those documents uh, he, she gave to WikiLeaks? Bradley Manning in jail anymore? No. That sentence commuted by Barack Obama. And Bradley was free to become Chelsea. How about Edward Snowden? Did anything happen to that guy? No, he's got a talk show in Moscow. Uh, It's been a long time since Jonathan Pollard. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Bowdoin Democrats to the Bowdoin Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative. Hey, how about this? We can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Sounds like a plan, young man. Uh, That's Justin Pearson. And what did he decide to become just a few years later? Cut 25. Like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But, oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. Oh, yeah. But, oh, we have good news for us. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Hallelujah. Give me a break. Uh, this guy, this is going to be, he's going to be really tough to take. He's all over the place. He's uh, got an op-ed in today's New York Times. Everything is racist. Everything, everything indeed. He's bragging about how he got elected to represent uh, everybody. Black, white, brown, immigrant, female, male, poor, young, transgender, and queer. B, always capitalize the B in black. 
All right, all those people. I actually don't think he um, technically got elected. How many transgender votes did he did he get? He got 442 votes. 442 votes. In this piece, he brags about uh, representing 135,000 Tennesseans and that they are dangerously without representation right now. Everything is racist, including the death of his grandparents. He says uh, he talk about and he talks about environmental racism, and it says that's why his grandparents died. Both of his grandparents, his grandmothers, his two grandmothers died of cancer. Uh, well, so did mine, quite frankly. <laughs> did your grandmothers smoke? Mine did, actually. I remember they, they were smokers. I mean, okay, environmental racism. You sure about that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Everything is racist. Uh, Robert in Staten Island. Hello. Yeah, Greg, how you doing? How's everything? Fine. I went to go buy your book in New Jersey, so when I put it down, the guy made like a freaking smirk, like, what the hell is this like, you know? He gave you a dirty look when you bought my book? Yes, exactly. They I'm gave gonna, me a we freaking should, dirty look. He gave you a dirty look. books I bought, they gave me a dirty look on that book, and I told the guy, what are you giving that smirk for? And he didn't even answer me or nothing. Well, you don't know. I mean, he may have been he may have been flirting with you. Who knows? Maybe he was uh, just no, an awkward no, guy. Maybe no, he was just trying to. Just, what? He just didn't like your book. That's what the thing Well, was. I can't. What am I going to do? I mean, why are you telling me this? Why are you trying to give me? I mean, like now I, I feel I No, I. What are you going to do? People are going to give you a look. People aren't going to like me. People aren't going to like you. It goes. I'm not going to go out and protest and find out where's this bookstore. How dare you guy? He gave you a dirty look. You know, it sounds like a Seinfeld episode. You know, I was at the bank and the girl gave me a look. I mean, what are you going to do, right? Um, I'm just glad, quite frankly, that you bought the book. Thanks very much. What yes, else did I you? Did. What else did you buy? I did. I had to buy a couple of field guides for uh, my grandkids. What's the uh, you know birds of North America? You know stuff like that. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. The book is available wherever books are sold. Uh, don't and if it's not, you should tell the guy to get you one or the girl behind the desk to get you one. Of course, you can order it on Amazon. It's called Justice for All. How the left is wrong about law enforcement. Uh, it kind of is a history about how the hell we got to this crazy moment, how we can get out of it. And oh, by the way, there are some great pictures in the book. Uh, really are. And uh, well, thank you very, very much. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. You may or may not get a dirty look uh, from the guy in the bookstore. Ooh, Barbara, you're feeling better, I hope. Welcome back. How are you? Yes, I'm feeling much better. Can you hear me? Fabulous. Yes, I can. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm on some strong medication, so if I say silly things now and then, but I'm not going to say silly things. I'm, I'm glad to be back to be able to listen and to call, and I'm very grateful for the medical personnel who took care of me. And in spite of some of the things that we do in this country to decrease the quality and the availability of our medical care, I had wonderful medical care. So I'm glad about that, and I'm glad to hear your voice. And I just wanted to mention that I'm outraged that the uh, government has canceled these Catholic services that they offer to the patients at Walter Reed Hospital. They've canceled that ministry, and they haven't really given a reason. They said, oh, they, they gave the ministry to the lowest bidder. Meanwhile, we all know the Catholic Church is nonprofit, and they want to be at Walter Reed. They want to be helping the veterans, 
And this is just a direct denial of religious liberty, of the First Amendment right to exercise your faith. Yeah, I saw that. I thought of you immediately. Uh, it was a brother. What was it? The Franciscans? What did they do? Tell us what happened. Walter Reed Hospital is obviously a military hospital, Washington, D.C., although I think this one, this branch is right outside. It's in Bethesda. So what did they do and why did they do it? Okay. Well, they're not saying why exactly they did it, other than a reference to they got a lower bidder to provide uh, counseling services. So they issued a cease and desist order to Holy Name College, some, a, a community of Franciscan Catholic priests and brothers, who have given this care to the veterans at the hospital for two decades now. Mm. And supposedly they, ha- they have awarded a new contract for Catholic pastoral care to a for-profit secular company, and the archdiocese believes that they that company cannot provide adequate care. Well, this is tailor made for you and uh, your group. I know you fight for uh, Americans and for our religious freedom, and there seems to be a war on religious freedom. And you told me that Donald Trump, more than just about any president, stuck up for religious Hi. liberty in America. Oops, we lose her. We did. Oh, she'll call back. Um, you know, she just, uh, I know she got a little annoyed with me when I said that she had, uh, she had knee surgery, but the cat's out of the bag and, uh, she had knee surgery. I'm really glad. And she writes that uh, knee surgery and I'm really glad that she got through it. I talked to her just before she went into the hospital and, um, it's great. It's just great that she's out there and Americans for religious liberties. I mean, it's just what they are doing. And Donald Trump did do so much for religious freedom. Hey, one of the things he did, oh, by the way. Not afraid to talk about Jesus on Easter, okay? Not afraid to talk about Jesus. It's amazing how godless this country has become, right? It just, and I know, here I go again, right? Uh, But uh, the moment uh, when I start talking about faith and when I start talking about the Bible and I start talking about Jesus and how he saved me, it doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But he has perform miracles in my life, and I know he can do it in anyone else's. And um, I guess you got to take the first step. I don't know. He's there. He's ready, willing, and able, (laughs) obviously. You know, I like to say this story. It's like imagine if the CEO of the company was thinking about you night and day, knew all of your challenges, knew exactly what you were going through, knew all the good things you did, all the bad things you did, and still wanted to promote you and take care of you and, and spend time with you. And you're like, wow, what a great boss. Well, here's the catch. It's not the boss. It's God. And some people are like, oh, yeah, right. They're actually disappointed when they hear that. Oh, Barbara, I knew you'd get through again. Hi. Uh, All right. So uh, you were saying. Yes. So I was saying that this is a direct assault on the religious freedom of every veteran in the United States, because if they can deny this care to these veterans at, at Walter Reed, they'll deny it everywhere. And we know that in the past, the uh, administration has done that. At one point under President Obama, they denied the mention of the word God at any funeral services in the military internment uh, cemeteries in Texas. And they took the chapel in the cemetery and turned it into a storage bin where they just threw all kinds of equipment and so forth in there. But people who wanted graveside services even were told, not only can you not have a service in the chapel, you cannot have a Christian 
a graveside service. Wait a second. For your I, loved one. This is amazing. Now, wait, this happened in Texas. Why didn't it happen nationally? It was a federal policy. Where was this? It was it was in Texas. Apparently, there are different, uh, uh, you know, localities within the country that these services are divided among. And each one has a different um, administrative staff. And that was the administrative staff in Texas that did that. Now, hey, that was what's your take on ago. what's your take on Obama? Was he a Muslim? And oh, by the way, it's fine to be Muslim. I mean, and I you, you support religious freedom. Um, and you, you, obviously we have to, we're free to believe what we want. The thing that I suspect though is, um, well, the thing that makes me suspicious, it's fine to be a Muslim. I think he misled people about it. I think he, he was, he misled people. I've heard him say out loud, I'm a Muslim. And then somebody corrected him. Aren't you a Christian? Oh yeah. I meant Christian that you can look that up. That's, that's happened. So I think it's the deceptive part of it that, that troubles me, but Look, you've been watching him and you've been watching these matters for a long time. What do you think? Well, whether he's Muslim or whether he's Christian, I don't know. You know, you can't know someone else's heart and soul. But I did hear the conflicting messages that you're talking about, and it's true. The truth is the most important thing for people to be able to tell the truth. If you're a Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian— you can profess that faith in the United States of America. If he was Muslim, it should make no difference. I remember I was um, a teenager when Kennedy was, was running for president and was elected, and people thought he would never be elected because he was Catholic. And so that's why freedom of religion is so important. That's why we have no religious tests for public office as they did in the early colonies. If you didn't profess a certain faith, you could not run for public office. Well, our Constitution did away with that 100%. We love it. We so love what, it. Hey, I, Whatever some, his religion is, is fine. I get. I totally understand, and I agree. I agree, but it, it was odd. I think he was trying to deceive people uh, about his religion, and if he's Muslim, he should have said it. And uh, back yes. in 2008, I was a totally different person, and his policies weren't as offensive then to me as they are now. I would have voted for him. I, I could I could definitely see myself voting for a Muslim. It doesn't matter. Um, in mm-hmm. many in many respects, it doesn't matter. All right. So, hey, do me a favor. I always mess up the name of your group. What is it? It's Americans for Freedom of Religion. All right. Americans for Freedom of Religion. Americans mm-hmm. for Freedom of Religion. Uh, Barbara, Thank you so much once again. Hey, you want to stand by? I have Tim Scott. Is this Tim Scott? Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina uh, is thinking about running for president. He just set up an exploratory committee. I think this is uh, an ill-conceived campaign. Nice guy. Big future. I don't think it's his time, but let's go ahead and listen to his big announcement. Uh, This is Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina. Go. On this day, April 12th, 1861 in this harbor the first shots of the civil war were fired and our country faced the defining moment would we truly be one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all stop i mean i'm a little disappointed already that he has to start with this the civil war we know how it turned out i mean i don't know all right keep going America's soul was put to the test, and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep 
and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility, and they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power. When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver. All right, but stop. We had- uh, I'm sorry, but uh, these sob stories about your childhood, everybody has something. I don't know. This doesn't move me. We know in America you can make it. You can make it here. I just, I mean, I've just heard this a million times, and it's, uh, okay, fine. What can you do for me? What can you do for the country? I get it. All right, he happens to be black. That's a big component of it. And uh, we do need to have an honest conversation about about race. And he's prepared to to wage that. But I don't know if it's presidential. Uh, I don't know if this is presidential caliber stuff. Keep going. Faith. We put in the work and we had an unwavering belief that we, too, could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals attacking every rung of the ladder that helped me climb. If the radical left gets their way, millions more families will be trapped in failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and crushing inflation. Not on my watch. This is personal to me. I will never back down in defense of the conservative values that make America exceptional. I'm sorry, but it's too it's too pat. It's too cliche. Even the music. All right. Not on my watch. Uh, not it's personal for me. This is personal for me. This is personal. You know who that was? Uh, this campaign slogan for Scott Stringer. <laughs> Remember him? For me, it's personal. I don't know. I might be too harsh. Uh, a little bit more, please. That's why I'm announcing my exploratory committee for president of the United States. I will defend the Judeo-Christian foundation our nation is built on and protect our religious liberty. I will stand up to communist China and restore opportunities for hard work. I I agree with all this stuff. I do. I just don't know if he's led a a life of sufficient achievement to be the guy to do all this stuff. I mean, there are a million people out there, and they're very good. They're, They're talking about they're fighting against woke culture. I'm not blown away. Oh, by the way, this guy has been a career politician. All right. One government job after the next and on and on and on. Charleston City Councils, uh, South Carolina State House, United States Congress, United States Senate. Barbara, am I being a jerk? (laughs) No, you're not being a jerk. But um, yes, I'm hearing uh, just a replay of the same talking points that are addressed to conservative audiences everywhere. And there's nothing wrong with them, but there has to be more than that. And as you say, there has to be the ability then to get these things done. And now that we have seen how Donald Trump was able to get so much done, he has raised the bar in what we can expect and even demand 
of our elected representatives. So when I hear Tim Scott, and I heard him speak in person a couple of times, and he comes across very well and very sincere and very conservative. However, I don't think that he is, as you just said, experienced enough to do this. He doesn't come close to President Trump in being able to make promises and keep them. Yeah, yeah, no, nice guy, but uh, much more time is needed. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't have much taste for career politicians, and that's what he is. So, Barbara, so wise, so interesting as usual. Oop, I'm a little bit behind. I'll be right back. Thank you, Barbara. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On average, people spend about three hours a day on their phones. And we check our phones 50 a day. Did you know that most people check their phones on average 58 times? And we spend nearly four hours a day looking down our mobile devices. Was that breaking up? Did you hear 58? I heard it. Was there a hiccup in there? Sounded like a hiccup to me. Anyway, 58 times. People check their phone 58 times a day. As I said, no, it's, that's, that's old news. That's, it's changed. Now we check life. We, we look up from our phones maybe 58 times a day. Watch people walking down the street. They're more on their phone than they are in reality, and that is really screwing us up in the head. And um, it's a tipping point, and I'm not going for it. I am taking – I am kind of rearranging some things. I'm taking precautions. I'm designing some new systems where I'm not going to be one of those people who spends the greatest years of life looking at a damn piece of glass, all right? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall victim or prey to some engineer in China who's figured out an algorithm to keep me addicted to this crap. I'm not doing it. So one of the systems I have, I'm going to walk around everywhere I go with a great big hardcover book that I'm reading, that I want to read, that I enjoy, all right? And if I don't like it, I'll find another one. But it's got to be a hardcover book and I'm not going to be afraid to write in it, all right? That's that's going to be my go-to. What else am I going to walk around with? A great big spiral notebook. And I'll put thoughts and whatever, and uh, just that's what that's what I'll commune with. Uh, let's see. I got another little board here. It's a to-do list. It's a magnetized board. Now, it's clunky and weird and not sleek, um, but it'll keep me off the damn phone. And there'll be plenty of other things for me to do. And who knows? Maybe somebody else would want to do it. I just don't want to be one of those people looking down at that stupid piece of glass for the rest of my life. All right? I want to be a better example for my fellow man, for my kids. Uh, No more digital. Uh, A little bit of digital, but not too much. I'll be back. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Joe Biden is in Ireland right now. He's in Ireland for like four days. What the hell is he doing in Ireland? I mean, I'm Irish, but let's face it. Ireland is not exactly uh, a key player on the gold on the global stage. It's not love it. But, um, you know, it's just it's just not that important right now. And what is he there for? To commemorate the anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, the Good Friday uh, Accords. When were those things signed? In the 90s or something like that? Maybe earlier? I don't know. Significant, but still, to go over there and to catch up with family for four days in the middle of the week? 
Um, I can't do that. I'd love to do that. I can't do that. Most people can't do that. People who are working cannot do that, cannot take a vacation in the middle of the week. No questions. No questions asked. We've got probably the worst case of uh, an espionage. You know, our, our secrets compromised. And he just takes the week off. No questions asked. Literally, no questions asked. You ever see those things, um, Masterclass? Sometimes you see them online. Masterclass, your instructor is here. And it'd be like, Ron Howard teaches filmmaking, right? Uh, Tom Cruise teaches acting. Masterclass. Neil deGrasse Tyson on astronomy. Now, what if there was a master class on presidential power and you could take a course from Joe Biden or Donald Trump? <laughs> Who do you think would enroll in the Joe Biden uh, class? You know, well, what I like to do is warm up the crowd with an ice cream joke or two. And then I tell them seriously, no, no hyperbole. I just you really say that because it really emphasizes the point you're trying to make. And then, you know, what would he have to say? Well, Trump last night on Tucker Carlson, this was a master class, a master class in uh, presidential skill. I was just, uh, we have, here are a couple more clips. We did some in the last hour. Um, go ahead and hit it. Cut one, please. Knox number two, Ukraine, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. You knew the Russia, Russia, Russia. I got that whole term from you, Russia, Russia, Russia. You'd be screaming and it say, this guy's a comedian. But you remember that whole period of time? Quite well. It turned out to be a total fake. But think of this. You know, I tell this story very seldom, but because it's a sad story. So the Russia, Russia, Russia hooks was made up by crooked Hillary Clinton, Adam Schiff, the DNC, the Democrat Party. The dossier is a total fake thing. We're suing them now, as you know, on that. We're suing them a lot because, unfortunately, uh, Bill Barr didn't have the courage to do what he should have done. He should have done. He was so afraid of being impeached. So I have to do it civilly. I just have to sue people. The Justice Department should have done, because these are criminals. But think of this. So you have all of these millions and millions of pages, and they get you on a non-disclosure agreement? I mean, big numbers, billions and billions of dollars, right? And they get you on a perfect non-disclosure agreement, where they get you on nothing. A friend of mine who's a big business guy said, you have to be the most honest guy in the world. Because with all of those numbers that you have and those big numbers, they don't have anything. And you have to see, take a look at the people I just mentioned. Look, read what they said. There was no crime. In fact, a lot of people saying he indicted somebody. There's no crime. That's illegal to do. You know what he did. So I don't see it going. I mean, we'll have to see. So but just to bottom line it, they I mean, the purpose of this is to keep you out of the presidential race. If I weren't running. Or if I had bad poll numbers, let's say. Right. And again, remember, the Democrats are the party of disinformation. If they want you to run, if they want to run against somebody, they're going to go the opposite. For instance, they don't want to run against me. And now I just gave you a poll. I'm nine points up on Biden. But they're the party of disinformation. So what they say is, oh, we want to run against Trump. Now, they always do that. You know, they do that. And other people would do it, but they do it pretty much better than others. Is there anything they could throw at you legally that would convince you to drop out of the race? If you get convicted no. in this case in New York, no, I'd you never drop, drop out. out. No, I'd never drop. It's not my thing. I wouldn't do it.
You know, when he said that, I, I realized, yeah, I can't even imagine him dropping out. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine it. I, I just, uh, it's very hard to conceive of that. It's hard to conceive of him losing, genuinely losing. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here, you know, we left a lot of gear in Afghanistan. And I point this out. This is not some new kind of uh, pet project of Trump's. When he declared on June 16th, 2015, when he came down that escalator, he spent about 10 minutes going off on the Obama administration for all the stuff we left in Iraq. We left millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of military equipment there. And this is something that he was laser focused on. Next cut, please. They said, sir, the tents are very hard to take out. I said, I want the tents. I want the tanks. I want the planes. I want everything. And a couple of them fought me on it, like Millie. He said, sir, I think it's cheaper to leave the equipment behind. I said, let me ask you, we have a plane that costs $100 million. It's sitting there. All it needs is a tank of gas, right? Give me a little jet fuel. We'll fly it to Pakistan or any place else, or we'll fly it directly home. You say it's cheaper to leave a $100 million plane? Sir, I think overall it's cheaper. These are idiots we're dealing with. <laughs> uh, Millie is an idiot. And fortunately, he's leaving the scene very soon. I think he's le- leaving the scene. He's being replaced. His term is up. Should have been up a long time ago. Unfortunately, Trump did not fire him right after that phony apology, which was just a signal to the swamp. I'm with you. Not with Trump. Should have been fired there for insubordination. The damn, that SOB should have been brought up on charges. That's my beef with Trump. You didn't fire him on the spot. But um, but he, he knew what he was dealing with. All right, give me another. Is there anything they could throw at you legally? That no, we convince- just played that one. Give me the next one. Do you think Biden will stay in the race? Look, uh, I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, (laughs) I don't think he can. Subscribe. Interesting that he said it's almost inappropriate for me to. He's very aware of his presidential status, ex-presidential status, presidential status, and presidential decorum, believe it or not. I know he says a lot of outrageous things. Hey, how about being on top of everything? I mean, that clip was on the Today Show that morning. You know, they talk about you know people, they, they become isolated. This guy, uh, you can't say he ever got cut off from, uh, from the country that he leads or led. And I, I believe will lead again. And, uh, oh, do you have that part about the threat from within? I think that's the next clip. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, you don't have that one? Hmm. Uh, but he talked about, you know, more than Russia, more than China is the threat from within. Didn't go into too much detail, but I think he's on to something. I really do. I'm going to go into more detail tonight. Um, but the unelected bureaucrats uh, who are not out for the country but out for themselves and power, that's a – that's a real threat. You can't find those guys in the Constitution. Hey, one thing he's got to look at is the intelligence community, and this is going to be very hard for him. They're going to oppose him every step of the way, especially during the campaign. Uh, but does this organization need busting up or what? The Central Intelligence Agency. 
you're about to hear a recruitment ad. This is this is the way they get people to sign up to be in the CIA. Are you kidding me? Cut 21, please. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Wow. Hi, I'd like to join the CIA. I've got generalized anxiety dysfunction. Let me, I want to be an analyst right now. I, I, I got this addiction. I got this hang up. I got the general anxiety disorder. We don't want people like that. I'm sorry. We don't want people like that who are susceptible to, who knows, general anxiety disorder, which, oh, by the way, is a fancy name for uh, probably everybody, right? I mean, everybody gets anxious uh, at times. But if you say you got a generalized anxiety disorder and you say it on television and you say it in a commercial for the CIA recruitment campaign, something's up. Something is not normal. Don in New Jersey, that's not normal. Hello? Yes. Greg? Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Hi, hi. Um, you know, early in his uh, presidency, Joe Biden said uh, white supremacy was the greatest threat to our country. And he also said, uh, "Can I, I want to know, can someone explain to me what supremacy is, white supremacy is? Is it gaining success through going to a decent college and getting a very profitable business? He wants to punish that. He wants progressive taxes, and I think there should be a flat tax. And uh, I don't know. I mean, is it more dangerous than China or North Korea or Russia or Iran? They're not more dangerous than white supremacy. I don't know what you're talking about with your college example, but white supremacy is basically a myth. All right. Nobody believes in white supremacy. And if you do, you're one of like four guys off in the woods somewhere or you're a skinhead in supermax prison. Uh, white supremacy, the corrosive, false, cancerous belief that the white race is better than other races, uh, that's hideous, it's disgusting, uh, and it's so disgusting that nobody believes in it, all right? I mean, yeah, a couple of wackos somewhere, uh, but that's it. And, uh, oh, it's a white supremacy country. All these systems are in place to promote the white weight. Give me a break. It's nauseating. You want to <laughs> – and you're just trying to, I guess, rile people up creating this creating this uh, false schism in America. You know, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Bill de Blasio, actually. I know it doesn't have all that much to do with it, but Bill de Blasio for a long time pretended that the the NYPD was, was broken, right? And then he came in and he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he managed to actually break it. So, I don't know, race relations, <laughs> race relations were very good in this country for a very long time. And then they said, oh, they're terrible and there's so much white supremacy and that then things are falling apart. They're like talking that into reality. And it's a little bit scary. Hey, I'm looking at Joe Biden. Why the hell is he wearing that hat? He is the only guy wearing a baseball hat. And it's not a Make America Great Again hat. It's uh, It looks like he's wearing a, the Buffalo Bills or something like that. What is he doing? Why is he over there? What's going on? Um, anyway, good luck to him. Hey, uh, Don, thanks for the call. Um, could you imagine... Anybody listening to that commercial about uh, the Central Intelligence Agency and then joining joining the inter- – oh, we got to do this. One of my favorite social media platforms is Twitter, and I know I'm spending less t- – and you can be on Twitter on your computer and or on your iPad. 
You don't have to be on your phone for it. I'm serious about all that stuff I said. I want to take a big, giant step back from that damn thing. Uh, There's so much of the world out there I want to look at, not silly little apps and algorithms and addictive little stupid videos. But uh, where was I going? Oh, yeah, Twitter. Elon Musk, thankfully, is in charge of Twitter. He owns it, right? And he's very good at Twitter. He's always mixing it up. And uh, uh, some BBC guy said, I want to interview you. And he said, okay. And listen to how it went down. Uh, The BBC shows up and starts putting out fake news about Twitter. Uh, Let's go ahead and listen to this, please. Content you don't like or or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just... Wait, stop for a second. Take it over the top. All right, I think we cut off the very first, but so take it all the way to the top. The guy says to Elon Musk, since you've been in charge of Twitter, hateful speech has increased. And this is what all the left says. All the left says that he's encouraging white supremacy and all this crap, which he's not, and that Twitter, because conservatives are in charge, has become this hateful, racist place. It's not. All right. So that's what that's where this BBC guy is coming from. All right. Take it from the top now. Content you don't like or or hateful. What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm, what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, just, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't use. I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, well, I only look well at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks, and I. Well, I, then I how did you see that hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you, for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and I, you can't I, give a single one. And, and, and I'm saying I, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no no what I claim was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or example. not, I mean, I, right, and Literally if you, you look at someone one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U, in the UK, they will say that. So you, they, <laughs> Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Oh, right. Elon, 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 richest guy in the world, totally annihilates that jerky BBC guy, well done, sir. You better do your homework when you sit down with the richest man in the world. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We ain't got time to be tired. We don't have time to be tired. Well, what is it, Barack? We ain't or we don't. We ain't got time to be tired. We don't have time to be tired. This is pandering. They all do it, uh, especially on the left. 
certain audiences. You speak to them in a certain way, I've noticed. Here's AOC ripping on Trump in front of a, uh, a Caucasian reporter. Cut 26. When Donald Trump tapped into this idea of make America great again, there, there, were, there was times of economic opportunity. Wages rose until the 1970s. All right. You get the point? Yeah, right. She's saying, OK, she's speaking. All right. Speaking normally. I disagree with her. Whatever. Now she goes up to Al Sharpton's clubhouse and she sounds like this. Cut 27. I'm proud to be a bartender. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working retail, folding clothes for other people to buy. There is nothing wrong with preparing the food that your neighbors will eat. Oh, yeah. Why do they do it? Hmm? Phoniness. Phone. It's, it's basically a form of lying, actually. Those are lies. And I hate the stench of lies. It's a little Colonel Kurtz for you, for you Apocalypse Now fans. Of which there uh, shouldn't be anyway. Anyway, it's a terrible movie. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How about that Alvin Bragg? Alvin Bragg thinks he's above the law, above Congress. Congress is, uh, has issued him a subpoena. What does Alvin Bragg do? Uh, the district attorney for New York County, who is uh, systematically ruining this city, uh, he sues. I guess lawyers do that, right? They sue. He's suing. I don't have to go there. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, you do. The people want an explanation. And our elected representatives, the Congress, are demanding that you appear, and you're saying you don't have to. You're screwing with an election, buddy. I can't believe you know you are. You know, you know. But you know what? Maybe you're not afraid because uh, George Soros and his money and all the left and the media, everybody is going to back you up on this one. Everybody except the law, except justice, except the principles of fairness. I mean, my gosh, Alvin Bragg, Alvin, Alvin. I mentioned earlier how few people voted for that Justin Pearson guy in uh, uh, where was he? Tennessee acts like he's emperor of the state. 442 people voted for him. Alvin Bragg, he won the primary with 82,000 votes in a city of 8 million people. This is not democracy. This is not a democracy. Oh, by the way, uh, both of these guys were, uh, well, actually, definitely Pearson. He was unopposed in the general election. Unopposed. Does that sound democratic? That's not democratic. It's not democratic in the slightest. Jason, welcome back. How are you? Oklahoma City. Yes, Jason. Greg, thank you. Uh, I hope things are good for you. Uh, They've been good for me. God has been good for us. And uh, God will help this country get back to where it belongs. But I want to make a comment. I believe... With Donald Trump has to agree with this, okay, and also the the Democrats. He's got to make a proposal to the. Uh, well, we got to go to the Supreme Court and get an Article Five. I believe that's what it's called on Biden. Then with Trump, he takes over. They give it back. In other words, nah, he becomes wait, the president. Wait, what, what the hell are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Are you joking? Come on. First no, of all, what's kidding. it? What? No, it doesn't work that way. I don't know what an Article 5 is, but I just know it doesn't work that way. What is an Article 5? That's what I, I heard. I heard of an Article 5, someone talking on the talk. Oh, well, all right. Show. Not on Article the- 5. Let's see here. To collective defense in Article 5, 
Article, oh, that's in, in the NATO context. That's the NATO. That means uh, one country is attacked and then the entire NATO alliance responds. I don't know anything about Article 5. Um, is that something in the Constitution? Oh, by the way, if you're talking about removing Joe Biden because of mental uh, illness and that kind of thing, that's I think that's the t- under the 22nd Amendment. That's not Article 5. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I do know this. To get matters before the Supreme Court, traditionally, you know, you got to work your way up through the Court of Appeals, sometimes a state Supreme Court. It's got to get there. And, oh, by the way, this Supreme Court, not exactly uh, friendly to Donald Trump. Great example is they voted that all of those tax returns had to be turned over to Congress. Remember that in December? Even people like Kavanaugh, even people like they were so concerned that they would, they would be loyal to Trump. Trump fought the fight, not because he was afraid of what was in those tax returns, but on principle. Shouldn't actually have to do that, especially if you're I, I, I there's nothing in the Constitution that says it. it's artificial stuff that makes that demand. So I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what show you heard that on, but I can't help you. Jason, how's everything else? It sounds like you're on your motorbike. Ask you a question. No comment. Yes. Hello. Yes. Yes, I wanted to ask you a question. The way things are right now, things are not normal, okay? We're we're going to be in a war. I know it for sure with China. It's just a matter of time when they're ready to act on it. China I'm talking about, okay? They are going to take over Taiwan. This Biden and the administration ain't going to do anything. We all understand that. That that is because they don't. They're afraid. They're afraid of China. We cannot be afraid now or in the future. We have to stand with under God's words where He says, "Do not be afraid," and He will be there for us if we can do that as. Uh, the whole country and don't be afraid and tell the Supreme Court this is not a normal situation. We cannot follow. Right. If it was the Democrats, this is a they great, would do that. This is a great question. This is a great question, Jason. Look, uh, the Supreme Court ain't going to help us, all right? They're not. And I don't even know the systems that you're talking about. Look, I'm, I'm concerned about the same thing. I mean, uh, yeah, it's true. President Xi, this is his chance. Take Taiwan now. Uh, before Trump gets back in there. I mean, uh, I hope it doesn't happen. But Joe Biden seems to be sending every signal, big and small, almost inviting it to happen. Jason, don't get yourself too worked up, all right? I mean, and uh sounds like you're on a motorbike. Thanks for calling once again. See you later. Um, uh, yeah, the Supreme Court. Just go to the Supreme Court. They'll take care of everything. No, it does not work that way. And uh, remember, we got John Roberts, all right? I mean, John Roberts is the not trustworthy, not a good uh, – it was a terrible pick for the Supreme Court. Another thing, we have George W. Bush to thank. Um, that crazy guy. Do you remember when he nominated Harriet Myers? He recommended his personal attorney. And people are like, well, he, 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 he picked Alito, which he did. However, I think it was luck of the draw. Harriet Myers was basically pro-choice. Harriet Myers was. Does anybody remember that? He picked uh, some friend of his for the Supreme Court. George W. Bush did that, and conservatives are like, "You're insulting us. This person is not worthy of the Supreme Court." 
How can you do this to us? And oh, by the way, they're not even really conservative. It was just, uh, it was just into himself there for the fame, power, prestige, and it would lead to uh, a lot of money. A lot of money. The Bushes are very, very rich. Pat in Brooklyn, hello. Hello, I. I have a question to ask you. I just want to ask. I, I was going to talk about something, but I'm going to ask you a question. Which is your favorite Western? I really don't like Westerns. What? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Westerns. I guess, uh, you know, they seem all dusty and time-consuming and uh, nothing really happens until the end. I don't really like Westerns. Sorry to burst your bubble there, but, I mean, uh, I guess, you know what? 310 to Yuma was kind of good, even though I went... Uh, reluctantly, by the end of the movie, it was good. Three ten to Yuma. Russell, Russell Crowe, I think. No, somebody no. else. That uh, other one that they like. Uh, oh shoot, what was his name? Um, uh, Ryan Gosling. I think he's in that. Why? No, because uh, I seen yesterday Shane. You you mean to say you seen Shane and, and you're going to say mm. you don't like westerns? That was so great. Uh, I only like read. I remember reading the book, and I. Uh, but I never saw the movie, actually. and uh, It's so great. Well, I, all right. It's also 60 years old. I miss that one. I love old movies. Maybe I'll watch it someday. Well, what's with you in the Westerns? You don't exactly sound like you're from Oklahoma. No, no, I'm not from Oklahoma. I had writers, cousins that were writers for Bonanza. So I, I still love Bonanza. I still watch. I have my daughter got me... Um, you know, reruns of uh, Bonanza. Yeah, so it's not I, my yeah. thing. It's just not my thing, uh, uh, Westerns. I just don't, I don't know. There's something about that time of uh, our history. Not a lot happened, you know. It just, you're outdoors all day long. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. And uh, what the saloon, nothing really happens in Westerns until there's a big gunfight at the end. I don't know. What am I missing? Shane, is there another one? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Shane, uh, well, you had uh, Jack Palace. He played the the bad guy in Shane. And, uh, well, I have my cousins that wrote for... All right, what was the other thing you were going to call did... about? I don't like this topic. What was the other thing oh, you were yeah, going to call about? Okay, 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 okay. You don't like it, okay. I was going to talk about uh, Romper Room. You made a mistake. Romper Room did not... Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what was that? That other one? Um, the Electric Company? No, the um, Alf- not Alphabet City. Oh, jeez, oh, what the hell are we talking about? Romper Room. How did I make a mistake about Romper Room? You said that that uh, this other show came before Romper Room. No, Sesame Romper Street Room came first. Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame Street. No, no, Romper Room came first. You're telling me I'm in the TV, according to the TV guide, Romper Room, Sesame Street, in that order, right? Yeah, yeah. Romper Room was. I like, think you got to check good. your local listings. Doesn't it say that right? Don't they say that? Check your local listings. You know, you got to check your local listings. It varies from uh, uh, city to city, town to town, station to station. Maybe where you lived, it was on uh, first, but where I lived, and it was also followed by the electric company. All right. Anyway, getting back. No, no. What? One more thing. What? Please. Okay. You mentioned Ryan Gosling. He got his start at Romper Room. I just wanted to say that. He was on Romper Room. I just you just happened to bring his name up. You just whip that out. Reading. I don't think so. Romper Room is way before his time. Now I don't believe you. I think you're thinking of Mickey Mouse Club or something like that. Wait a second. Wait a second. That can't be. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? No way. Ryan Gosling on the Romper Room. Hold on a second. Romper Room. 
uh, romper room. Why the hell are we talking about this, by the way? All right, romper room. It doesn't. Uh, Twenty celebrities who started out on children's shows. Um, and uh, let's see here. Um, what's with you in romper room, anyway? Okay, yeah, the Mickey Mouse Club. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club. He was on the okay, Mickey Mouse okay, Club, not not the romper room. You know, you can't call up the radio and with the with this fake information, you can get in trouble for that. What fake information? I mean, you can get in trouble error. for that. You oh, can get in trouble. Oh, we have oh, guidelines oh, with God. the. We, you, we have a, Ryan Gosling here. Hold on a second. Uh, no wonder he went from the Disney Club to Young Hercules to every film we ever loved. Ryan Gosling. He was not in romper room. I think it was canceled before he was even uh, two years old. That guy. All right, be careful with the fake news, Pat. I'm just kidding. I love this stuff. It's very interesting. I got to go for a moment. Uh, Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, when Joe Biden was over there in Ireland, he's there right now. Guess what happened? Uh, They lost a great big security manual with top secret stuff inside and... It's uh, it was just floating around in the street. Somebody dropped it. Somebody left it somewhere. All kinds of security details, secrets about Joe Biden, his travels, uh, the people who were supposed to be protecting him, all of their personal information. Something very strange is happening. I am noticing this across the board. Mistakes everywhere. People are screwing up things that are supposed to be, I don't know, just just not not are not supposed to be happening, are happening. Planes almost crashing into each other, ships almost crashing into each other or crashing into each other. Now, these things have always happened from time to time, um, but and we've perfected systems to minimize the risk. But these systems, they do need human monitoring, and maybe they're so good that we're taking them for granted and taking our eye off the ball. I've noticed this. You know, when I read books, you never used to see... Uh, mistakes. If you saw a mistake in a book, a spelling mistake in a book, you could call the publisher. It, they'd write a newspaper article about it. It was such a, it was such a big deal. Now it's um, now it's just par for the course. I don't know what it is. I I know their publishing industry is fewer people, but I think it's really people taking their eye off the ball and looking at the dumb dumb phone all the time, all the time. And that's um, that's a problem. That's all anybody really would wants to do these days is look at the silly phone. Now, with that, the Wall Street Journal is um, is not fake news. They do give Trump a hard time. I don't like that. But there's this really talented guy there. His name is Holman Jenkins Holman. And he writes as follows. The weekend's big intelligence leak is also a test of the U.S. government in its relation to its own people. Will. Excuse me. Will the public get information or disinformation from its government as the story unfolds? Whether the breach should be described as a leak or a hack remains unclear, though it appears to be a leak given the apparent reliance on photographs of printed documents. But, of course, this could be a decoy method. The question must also be asked, do these intelligence leaks consist of real intelligence? If this sounds paradoxical, remember that ex-FBI chief James Comey, total rat, has continued to suggest the objectively false Russian intelligence he used in the Hillary Clinton email case was nevertheless 
real Russian intelligence, i.e. not Internet floatsome or active disinformation. What that guy did with the cooperation of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Susan Rice attempting to sabotage an entire presidency because they did not like the results. Man, oh man, oh man, where the hell are the indictments for that? <laughs> Getting Trump on, oh, he, he put a building at $500 million when it when when somebody said it was worth $200 million. In all actuality, it was probably worth $700 million. I think he may have undervalued some of these buildings. The intelligence community. The intelligence community used to, wow, that just sounded so impressive. But look at their track record. 20 years ago, right now, I was in Iraq. I was in Iraq during that uh, invasion, taking Baghdad. Ooh, so exciting. And it was exciting. And like a schmuck, I thought, oh, yes, weapons of mass destruction must be here. The government told us so. And there were none. They got that wrong. How They got that wrong. Should have totally revamped the entire They get everything wrong. Everything they, Everything there is to do, they screw up. Yet they're bigger and more powerful than ever before. Hey, watch out for John Brennan, ex-FBI chief. He's from New Jersey originally. He actually went to Fordham. Nasty, bitter, vicious guy. In his own book, in his own book, he admits to sabotaging Trump. He um, he hated Trump more than he loved the country. Doesn't even seem to like the country very much. All right, I got to get ready for across the street. Some folks have been on phone for a long time. Uh, oh, Sandra, hi. Hello. Yes, Ray? go ahead. Hi. You know, I wanted to uh, say I'm thankful that Barbara had a successful knee surgery. I wanted to comment also that your impression of the interview with Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson, it was right on target. It was beautiful how you said it. And I I wanted to add that when I heard the uh, interview, I felt like the good old days, you know, and I used to hear Trump all the time like that. I felt so safe and so happy. Yeah. I know you had a president, a president who was on top of things, you know, he's still on top of things, even as an ex-president. He looks more presidential than the president sitting there in uh, in Mar-a-Lago. It's it it was amazing. Sandra, thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, Let's talk again soon. Joe is in the Poconos. Joe. Hey, uh, Greg, how you doing? Um, I'm calling. I called you two months ago and I talked to you about the book, The Purpose Driven Life. Have you looked at it? Uh. No, to be honest, I haven't. I've been given that as a gift a couple of times, and I've never actually, uh, I've never actually read it. Uh, no, I haven't actually. Who would like this book? Uh, it's it's changed me. It's changed me. I talk to God every day. I I, I just have, you know, you know, I. I, I Please, you got to try. You got to look at it. Hey, look, I'm doing fine. I mean, look, you got to you got to admit. Uh, I read the I'm I'm reading the Bible every day. I read chapter three of Mark, and there was a beautiful line in there. You know, people can get so hung up on religious rules, right? And you can't do this or that on the Sabbath. And he said, Jesus says, uh, uh, "Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man." Now, I like this guy, Mister Warren, but I don't know if I want. If I want the truth, I'm going to go right to the source, baby. Joe, I don't know. I mean, it's a friendly disagreement I'm having with you. I'm sure it's a fine book, but it's only so much, you know? Wait, wait. I just opened a book, Chapter 11, 
is becoming best friends of God. What more could you want to read than becoming best friends I, of I, God? I, I, this is written by a man, all right? This is written by a person, and it's his opinion, all right? I can read the Bible, and that is the divine word of God, my belief, okay? So, you know, I can read this. I'm sure it's helpful, but, you know, I'm not going to drop everything to read the book. And I've uh, I've heard about it. Uh, I just have not been drawn to it. Uh, so uh, let me ask you, Joe, are you relying on Mr. Warren or are you uh, have you cracked the Bible itself lately? Because that is about a billion times better than that cute book you got there. And I'm sorry. It's a positive book. I'm not I'm not, you know, but it's I'm sure it's but I, I, I suggest going to the source. Well, he breaks it all down, like what, what we're supposed to be doing. All right. Well, Joe, 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 you know who breaks it down for you? God and Jesus. And there's a manual and it's called the Bible. I mean, I know uh, the purpose driven life was a runaway bestseller and all that stuff. And if it works for you, but I do, uh, I recommend the Bible. I do. And the language can be, I don't know. I mean, those books come and go. All right. It was written by a man. I'll take the one that was written by God. All right, Joe, I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, who's a Frank in Astoria? Yes. Yeah, I believe Joe Biden can win the election if you keep taunting him. Taunting him? We haven't even gotten started. You really think Joe Biden can win the election? Um, well, you must be, uh, what are you smoking out there in Astoria? Give me a break. Uh, I don't see that happening. I don't even see him running, quite frankly. And if you do... Well, you must know that the election is rigged. Thanks for giving us a heads up. I'll see you guys tonight at 10.